Hola familia, I'm Stephanie, and this is Liga Talk, an educational podcast geared toward our Hispanic Learn for Life student and staff, creating a sense of community, educating our audience on topics that impact our population, and sharing resources beneficial to our gente. Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos todos. Welcome everybody to another episode of Liga Talk. I am your host, Stephanie, alongside my co-host today, Monica. Hi everyone, this is Monica. Today on our show, we have William Belloso. William is here to tell us how he changed his story. From working at Target right after high school to joining the military, William is now a remarkable aircraft mechanic instructor for one of the biggest airlines in the United States. William, welcome to Liga Talk. Hi, William. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. My name is William Bielso. Let's get started. Let's 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 get started. I want to know a little bit about um, you, your family, like your parents, where you're from. Um, let's get started with that. Where? Let's talk about where you're from. Okay. Uh, well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, I am originally from Guatemala. Hey. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I, uh, I was born there, and at the age of four. I, uh, I came over to the States, and I grew up basically in California. What part of California did you grow up in? Uh, when I was a kid, we lived in uh, L.A., and uh, r- right when we started going to, my brother and I, we started going to a junior high. We went to uh, Inglewood. We moved okay. to Inglewood, and we grew up in Inglewood for a little bit, and then I finished my high school years up in Palmdale, Lancaster. The great desert of the AV area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we got there, there was nothing there but tumbleweeds just blowing everywhere. <laughs> now it's yeah. it's grown. Every time I go visit, it's a lot yeah. um, different. So let's talk about that transition when you came from Guatemala to the United States. You know, you I'm assuming you knew no English, right? And you had to start school knowing no English. Yeah. So, uh I actually, my brother and I, when we started school, we both started kindergarten at the same time because they were kind of, they weren't sure where we had to be, you know, and we didn't, we had to have translators. So I had a translator uh, in kindergarten and then my brother was excelling. He was doing re- really good. So they determined that he had to be in first grade. So they okay. skipped him to first grade and I stayed by myself with the translator in kindergarten and I had to take ESL uh, twice once in elementary and the other one in junior high. Okay. So for ESL, was it like, because I, t- I had ESL too, because I didn't know any English when I went into school. So were you pulled away from your classroom to go to like a special ESL class or was that person just with you throughout the day? No, for, uh, from what I recall, I had uh, to go to a class. It was a different, yeah. its own period. Okay. So class, then... Yeah. So then you learned English, right, throughout school? Oh, more like Spanglish, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you might call it. Yeah, so I did. And we also watched, as funny as it sounds, we used to watch a lot of cartoons, my brother and I, and a lot of TV. So we also picked up a lot from the television. You know, yeah. and, uh, and what's funny is we became our parents' interpreters. So yeah. when I would get in trouble at school, we would have to interpret for them. But, of course, I wasn't going to say what I was in trouble for. And I would just tell my mom, oh, mom, this thing, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. And then my mom is like, then why am I here? He's like, I don't know, because they want to tell you face to face. 
want to tell you just how amazing I'm doing. Yeah, how amazing I'm doing, yeah. And she and she believed until, you? Yeah, yeah, until she caught on. Uh, she started she started taking night school, and you know, and to learn English. So she started picking up little by little, and, and then that's when, you know, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> that's when you started getting caught. Oh, my goodness, yeah, how funny. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So how was how was high school for you growing up? Were you were you the kid that got straight A's? Were you the student that maybe got in trouble a few times? What what was it like? No, I'll tell you I wasn't the kid that got straight A's. <laughs> I was the kid that uh, was really not into school, you know, that was uh, a lot of people, some people are into school, some people are not, and I was yeah. one of the guys that just wanted to go there, have fun and you know, mingle and social be social a social butterfly yeah 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 Yeah. but you finished high school yeah just shy (laughs) i had to go it was funny because i had to go to summer school twice you know and uh of course you know the my parents were strict and they were like oh so you're not gonna do well right i'm like you know so they every every summer that i had summer school they would go to like Knott's Berry Farm, Disneyland, Magic oh. Mountain, all these places, and they come back to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, damn, it sucks. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't get to go to those places. <laughs> I have a question. Um, how do you think that being first generation, like in high school, how would you say that your experience differs from somebody that isn't first generation? Someone that is in first generation coming over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a lot different just because. Uh, so for my parents coming out here, I had you know they they struggled. It's just a different. It's a different world because I remember we were we were home alone all the time because they had two jobs. So they would work in the morning or all night. Then they come home. They make us breakfast. Send us off to school. They go to work. Come back make us dinner and I, they were always working so yeah. just to make it you know and now for for me at the first generation here i got an opportunity to right. to grow up differently i didn't have to grow up that way you know because yeah. people that like when they came over it was hard because you had to have papers and everything else around here everything is you know tracked it's a lot it's a lot harder definitely to provide especially when you have kids and you have other little lives that are depending on you yeah. you have to put a lot of extra work into it yep so we were always with babysitters so yeah. uh one day i almost burned the house down so uh <laughs> so they had to go you know they went and grabbed my grandma and they snuck her over <laughs> and they you know she started living with us because I was a bad kid and I guess somebody needed to be watching me yeah okay so what what was what happened right after high school you finished high school and what did you do what what were your plans finishing high school for you? well since I, since I really wasn't into school or I, had, I guess I, I struggled academically I really wasn't sure what I was going to do or what I wanted to do and if you think about it, I don't think a lot of people do, you know, they they just yeah. go with the flow uh, and then they find their way at some point later. But that's what happened to me. So uh, I was just trying to work here and there. I worked with my dad because my dad now has a company. So I worked with him for a little bit and and then it wasn't working out. So I started working at Target and then at Target, 
I started working with these ex-military uh, guys. So one was in the Army, one was in the Marine. And my family, they don't know nothing about the military right mm -hmm. here. So I asked them, I said, so what's it like? You know, and they're like, oh, you know, it's not for everybody, but at least you can learn something there. And they, they just kind of told me, but whatever you do, if you're going to join, if you're thinking about joining, join the Air Force. And I said, why? You know, because then they're like, oh, because if you <laughs> the Air Force is a different world, they get treated a lot better. Um, you know, the Army Marines, you get stepped on a lot. It's just total different world. And I was like, oh, OK, I'll keep that in mind. But, you know, so I, I just worked here and there. Then I got a heating and air conditioning job. So it was like about the fifth year. So, I, uh, you know, it was already five years out of high school. OK. And finally, I landed a job in a heating and air conditioning company. Um, but I had to learn the trade and that took me a year to learn it. Yeah. And I was doing good, you know, until one day I was working with this guy and he goes, Hey, you know, um, you ever think about joining the military? And I was like, you know, I, I talked about it a long time ago and he goes, you know, you should join the air force. I have a friend that is in the air force. He does heating and air conditioning. And he travels the world. And well, growing up in California, a lot, you know, California when I was, it's expensive or in my mind yeah. it's just everything was higher than other places uh, so i was like yeah i need to get out of california so i went to the recruiters by myself you know, okay and uh i asked i said i knew that i was good with my hands you know but i didn't know i wanted to be some kind of mechanic so i went to the recruiter and i said yeah you know i want to be an auto mechanic but, of course, the recruiters are not ever going to tell you the truth. They're going to kind of steer you to the way of what they need, right? Right. So they yeah. said, they said, oh, well, we don't have that. We're, it's going to get contracted out, they said. And I said, really? He's like, yeah, by civilians. We're going to contract it out. He's like, we don't have that, but we have aircraft mechanic. And I was like, oh, aircraft mechanic. And I said, that sounds neat. And from what I remember the talking to the two guys at Target, they told me, that whatever I did, I had to see it in the contract and paper and not to go in with it saying open because if I did, they would give me a job that everybody else didn't want. Oh, you'd be stuck with whatever was left. Yeah, well, whatever was left. So they said, don't do that. So they asked me what I wanted to work on, what, what kind of plane I wanted to work on, a fighter or heavy aircraft. And I said, well... I don't think there's any fighters in the civilian side, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was thinking ahead. I was like, well, I'm going to learn the trade. And then when I get out, I'm going to work at the airport. Right. That's that was my plan. OK. He said, oh, we have heavy aircraft, cargo aircraft. I said, OK, I'll go with that one. And so they, they landed on a C-5 aircraft first. Do you feel I like it was those people from Target? That kind of helped guide you because I, I think about like just even now, you know, now, now, nowadays, just thinking about what do I want to do? Like, I don't think that my mindset would be on what is going to be in the future. So do you think that just speaking to those people at Target, maybe it will helped you kind of yeah, think they, about? Yeah, they did. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, they actually it did because they had also told me whatever you do, pick something that you can do on the civilian side yeah uh yeah because if you don't like say i go and i i choose infantry i mean i could be a cop but you know it's like do i really want to be a cop i don't want to be a, you know at the time i don't want to be a cop yeah so then you joined 
the Air Force, right? Yeah, and the and the biggest reason I joined was because I wanted to travel. Oh, I wanted okay. to, you know, I wanted to get out of California. This guy sold it to me that I was working with. I was like, man, he goes everywhere. He goes to Europe, and so he sold it to me. And I'm like, man, that would be awesome. I get to see the world. And so I, I did. I joined. I did my basic training. I got out, and guess where my first station was at? Oh my God, where was it? California. <laughs> and I was like, no. You know, I ended up back in the same place and I was like, oh my Lord. I was like, this is not why I joined just to come back home. But I, I wasn't in Southern California. This time I was in Northern California. So that so, is a little different. It's, but still, it's California regardless. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so what kind like, of. Uh, what kind of cool places did you get to see through the military? Oh, I got to see a lot. I got uh, mostly got to see a lot of the stands, you know, <laughs> some of the places that you can't even pronounce out there, Turkmenistan or something like that. <laughs> and so I got to see those, but I did. I got to go to Japan. I got to go to Guam. I got to go to Italy, Sicily, Spain. You know, I got to go. I had to go all over the place. It's pretty neat. Turkey. Nice. And how long were you in the military for? I was in there for uh, 22 years, four months, and five days. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Six hours, 27 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I was there for 22 years. And so you retired from the military. And where are you now? What do you, what do you, everything you learned in the military, do you get to practice it now? Like, how did that help you? And where are you now? Yeah, so when you're in the military and you're getting ready to get out, it's almost like you're still kind of not sure what you want to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've worked on planes for so long, and I'm like, do I really want to continue working on planes? Because uh, when you're in there, you do so much heavy stuff and all kinds of activities that, you know, your body's not the same as you went in. It's yeah. a little different. Um, so I didn't know if I was to, wanted to do that. But in order to continue in the aviation industry i had to get my amp license and that i didn't have so i actually did that before i retired i went to a two-week course that they offer and all i had to do was basically show all my experience and then the faa gave me the blessing and then i would go to the school and take my test that was required to get my license which i was able to do and at least i had that in my hip pocket i guess if you want to say you know and uh, so when I got out, or before I got out, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to start looking for a job. And that's what I started doing was start searching airlines to see who was hiring. And I saw a job that I did in the military while I was in there, which was uh, an, uh, basically in the military, I was a C-17 instructor, maintenance instructor. Okay. And they had an Airbus A320 instructor position for Frontier. And I was like, no way. So I started reading the job description, and it's basically everything that the military uh, trained me for. Nice. And I, I kind of got excited. I, I, at first, I was like, well, I didn't know that job even existed in the civilian right. side. You know? Yeah. Like, oh. and, and I knew I was going to qualify because, I, you know, the military, the one good thing they do is they just spend money on you so you can get well trained. Right. Um, so I was going to qualify. I, I went to the interview, and – I had to do a presentation, 15 minutes long, uh, on an airplane, and I did that. 
and they said, okay, you're hired. And Dang, okay. Yeah. I was like, when can you start? I was like, oh, my God. I was like, uh, I retired. I hadn't even got out yet. And I was like, well, I don't retire to this day, but I start my, my basically my leave, you know. I start on this day. And then after that, I'm out. And it's like, okay, then, can you start that day? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so you um, just went like a smooth transition from the military into the civilian world with a job, no pause and yeah. anything. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. So, and are you still yes. with Frontier now? No. Um, so I decided to look somewhere else because Frontier is not bad, but they're still growing, you know. So I just wanted to see what was out there. And I actually found another position. Same thing that I was doing with Frontier, except for United Airlines. Oh, okay. And United Airlines is huge. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Once you land a job there, from what I hear, it's like, the guys that I talked to, they expressed like winning the lotto, basically, you know, because it's yeah. hard to get a mechanic, like a mechanic position with United. You have to go through these tests. But, I mean, it's doable. It's just they, they put more to it. So people find it a little difficult. And I applied for it. It, got, it took a little while, but I got a call one day and they're like, yeah, we want to, you know, have you come in for an interview. You have to do a 15 minute presentation. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went through the motion with them, and um, they said, oh, it's going to take about two, probably two months or maybe two weeks, you know, maybe hopefully two weeks a little sooner uh, before anybody calls you back. And I said, okay. And I (laughs) I came home. I was taking off my suit because, you know, you have to dress up. I was taking off my suit, and they had already – they called me back. Wow! It hadn't, been, it hadn't even been two hours, and I was like, "Hello!" And like, they, yeah, they called me back with, uh, you know, to offer me the position, and I was like, "What?" And I tried to play it off. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, hold on." You're trying to play it cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was excited. I was stoked. Nice. So okay, and so now looking back at you know the adult William and thinking about who you were in high school. We, we, you know, our hope is to reach as many high schools within our Learn for Life umbrella as we can. What would be the biggest advice that you could give a high schooler who, like you, didn't like school, wasn't good at school, had no plan for the future? What would, because now you're successful and you have an amazing job at United, you know, so you went through all the, the hills and the motions of life. What would you give your young self? What piece of advice would you give yourself? So, uh, you know, I, it's funny you say it because I, I talk to my kids and I try to give them the advice that I would give myself when yeah. I was younger. And the biggest regret I have is not putting effort into school. That's my biggest okay. regret. You know, so I tell my kids, I said, look, go to school finish it i know you know it's 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 tough but if if it was easy everybody would do it right you know so just go to school stick to it um try to think of something that you are going to enjoy or you know that you think you're going to enjoy and don't don't steer away from it stick to it because if i was a younger me i just because i joined the military and I grew up with strict parents, so it wasn't really hard for me 
You know, mm-hmm. I just had to do what I was told. It's like living at home, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I, you know, it wasn't a big deal for me, but so I think I would have went, I, I regret not going to school. I think it would have been a different experience. And I tell my kids, it's just going to take you longer or it might, or, you know, to actually, you know, when you land something good and you move up, it, might, it, may, it could be sooner, but you never know. It's just a gamble, in my opinion, but. But you got to make it happen. What made you, uh, like now as an adult, what do you think, why do you feel like you have that regret? Why? Because. Yeah. uh, Just because um, I see very young individuals, you know, that are coming in. I see some of the young, there's young, young pilots. But nobody, you know, nobody in my family knew anything about aviation. Or anything like that. So who who is I to talk to? You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Who who can I get advice from? So if I want to, I couldn't even get advice about the military from them. I got it from some people that were in there. And so if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have made the right choices on, on what to look for, you know, or what to expect. So yeah. because of them, I I chose mechanic. I got an aircraft that I wanted. And it all took off from there. I think those are one of the those steps, you know, as immigrant children, you know, or even just first generation here is we don't have that experience parents that went through high school here in the States. And, you know, for some of us, I know for me, my parents didn't even complete school. I think my mom went to like second or third grade or something like that, you know? So right. just like, just like you said, you know, we don't have those parents, people to talk to that can guide us, you know? So it's so important, like you said, to surround yourself with good people. And I remember being younger and someone told me like, you want to surround yourself with what you want to be in the future. Because those people yes. are going to guide you and going to give you the advice that you need to get to where they are at, right? Yep. No, so no it's, it's very so important. True. Yep. And when I was younger in high school, I, I hung around with not a very a, a good group. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So the things that I did with them, I, I asked myself today, is like, how? Why was I doing that? Like, yeah. What was I thinking? Right. And if I would have got caught, I probably would have ended up in jail and my life would have been different. Yeah, you would have had a completely different life today. Yeah. And so and now it's not because you hear all the time when somebody wakes up, it's like, oh, man, I got to go to work. Right. Yeah. And they yeah. hate it. They hate it. Oh, man, I got to go to work. You know, I don't feel that way. And it's awesome. And that's the important part of what you tell your kids. It's make sure you pick something that you're going to like. Yeah. So that you don't hate life when you're an adult, because when you're an adult, you have to get to work. You can't just say, oh, mom, my stomach hurts. Like, you can't do that. You have to get to work. Right. You know, and, and the thing I tell my kids is, <laughs> is the, you're right. My parents couldn't help me. You know, my, uh, that generation, uh, they came over here and they worked as hard as they can. And their mentality was, hey, if you got to scrape that crap off the ground or with your bare hands and we're going to do it for the money right yeah you're going to work hard and that's so at least the work ethic is there for me because they taught me how to work hard but for for my kids i wanted better like i wanted you i want you to go to school so you could you know at least start at a young age in a good place 
and then work your way up from there. Yeah, trying to avoid some of the struggles that you had to go through finding your path. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, William, because we are still celebrating National Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. So we, I mean, you definitely are, you know, just an example of what it is to come to the States, you know, at, at a young age and have to find your path, you know, kind of on your own, you know, to find success in the future and success in, you know, the great place that we have the privilege of growing up and being and everybody has this opportunity like we do. So thank you for coming on and kind of, you know, speaking to our youth today and and hopefully planting a little bit of hope, you know, in all of our, our high schoolers heart that, you know, regardless of what you go through or your background, you can get to the finish line, right? You can get there yeah, you and sure you can, can be successful. Yep, you sure can. It might take you a little longer, but you can get there. You can get as long there. As, you you work can hard, get there. as long as you work hard for it, it all comes down as how bad do you want it. Yes, that's so true. How bad do you want it? Put that work in it and get to that finish line, definitely. Yeah. So we have this piece, part of Liga Talk, where we talk about a Spanglish word. Um, I, my, a lot of my vocabulary is Spanglish. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing research, we started on our first podcast talking about what words do we use that we think are accurate, are correct, and come to find out, I'm almost 40 and I'm finding out I'm not even saying it correctly. So today's word is going to be lonche. And I'll use it as a sentence. Hey, mom, did you pack me my lonche for today? That's how I would say it. Do you guys know what lonche is? Your lunch. Yeah, your lunch. I mean, I do. (laughs) So that's not the right way you say it. Did you guys know that's not the right way? That's not how you you say it. Did you guys know that part? No. Because I just found this out. So the correct way to say lonche is almuerzo. Did you guys know that? Well, I knew that that word existed, but I just thought, it's like sitting down and eating, you know, like I thought it was like a sit down and eat type of thing. I didn't think it was like packing. I thought lunch, it, you know, pack my lunch yeah. type of so thing. So we just, we took the word lunch and created our own Spanglish word and we use it as lunch, but the correct way to say it is almuerzo. That, so that's your Spanglish word for today. Now we can all, you know, I'll probably keep using lonche, but if we want to sound like we know what we're talking about, we can start using the correct way, which is actually almuerzo. So stick with us for um, the continuation of Liga Talks in the next coming weeks. We have some cool guest speakers that are going to come up. Monica, did you have anything else for today? Just to say thank you to our guest speaker. And um, like you said, he definitely, you definitely embody uh, what it means to, um, to do better and and to aim for higher, um, especially as Latinos, that's the one thing that we we need to do to represent. Yes, and I, I thank you for having me again. And I hope you know that the listeners, I hope they take something out of it. You know that way they can strive and succeed. Thank you, William. Thank you for that. Thank you for also coming on and celebrating or continuing to celebrate with us National Latino Hispanic Month. And as always, keep it legal. So we wanted to continue this conversation with all our listeners and ask the following questions. How does this topic impact your life? Do you know someone that has had to go through this situation in the past or even going through it currently? If so, we strongly encourage you to email us at legatalk at llac.org 
We'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences. And as a thank you just for submitting your story, two people will get the chance to win a pair of earphones and a three-month subscription to Audible. How awesome is that? We appreciate you listening in. Till next time, and as always, keep it legal.